0: Hello and welcome to Expedition Business where we bring you stories of entrepreneurs and their business adventures. And today we have the privilege of talking to Veli Endalba, the Neuroengineer. Billy, thank you so much for being with us today. Apart from being the Neuroengineer, you are also the founder of Sekusili Technical Services. You've got Sekusili Venue Services. Then you've also got the Get Inspired seminars that you run. And above all, you've offered four books. How on earth do you get the time for all of this?
1: Yeah, I think we all have uh, the same amount of time. It's a question of priorities. And I think once you are consumed by, you know, by, 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 by things or those activities that you, you, you are passionate about, naturally you just find time. You know, time is always there. It's a question of how you really prioritise, you know, using your time. And I think for me, I'm very, very mindful of what I do. And I'm so drawn into what I do. And as a result of that, uh, yeah, I end up asking myself as well and say, but wow, where did this kind of time come from? So I think if you are focused and you are able to, to do what you do well, and then seeing, and you see the results of it coming through, I think it, it, it actually takes your way. And uh, yeah, I'm so passionate about what I do and I think that's, that's one thing that tends to extend, you know, my time.
0: How do you get the energy to keep up with all of us?
1: My energy levels, they come from doing what I do. You know, when I write, when I speak, when I just set aside time for myself just to think about things, over things that I'm passionate about, that gives me energy. So it means when you do something that you're passionate about, something that you are connected with, because you may be passionate sometimes about something and find that whatever you're passionate about is not passionate about you. So I think for me, it's about something that you are passionate about, but also you, are, you have some natural talents in that. So when you do something that you find it a bit easy, you know, to do, I mean, like, that other people tend to struggle with, but for you, it seems to be just coming out naturally. I think that motivates you on its own. So that's where I get my motivation from, because when you do something that you love, I don't need to struggle for motivation. I don't have to wait for extrinsic motivation that I'm doing it because of money, because I'm going to get some fame. Uh, For me, it's about intrinsic motivation because it's in line with my purpose. It's in line with something that... I'm a very curious person. So it means curiosity, it's it's one of those things that drive me. So I always ask myself, wow, what does this mean? Wow, what, what can I learn out of this? So I think those things alone, they actually encourage me and they motivate me to keep going. And that's basically where I get my motivation from. And when it comes to energy levels, I do exercises, I do physical exercises, I do even mental exercises, playing games like Sudoku, for an example. I mean, like I, I, those are the things that I do to keep myself fit, because I mean, like you don't want to to work with an exhausted brain, with a depleted brain, because it simply means that the brain doesn't have oxygen enough oxygen, it doesn't have enough glucose, and for you to stay focused. You need to have those things, you need to have energy levels. So that's why I go to the gym almost every day, I mean like five days a week. And I try my best to do that. I know that this, I mean, the schedule at, time, at times can be a bit challenging, but I always try to do my best to make sure that I, you know, I exercise wow. and eat well and drink water.
0: Yeah. And this is all happening while you are the husband and father of two. How does that happen?
1: Yeah, there's always a way, you know, fitting that one in, and uh, you know, sometimes in life things don't always go the way you want. But I always believe that it's always about sacrifice. You know, I may not be spending as much time as I'd like to spend with them, but I, I really try my best because at the same time, you've got this career, you've got this brand that you have to build, and sometimes you've got to, yeah, you've got to sacrifice, and at times, something has got to give. So I know I'm a victim of this work-life balance, I mean like you end up putting more time in what you are doing because it's a, it's, a, it's a huge investment and unfortunately it requires time and time in this regard is actually, or in this case, it's actually a very scarce resource. I mean like time lost will never be, re- I mean, it will never be regained but at the end of the day it comes back to what you are producing and I think for me it's not just that we are just chasing things like money, it's about building my own brand, it's about developing myself, because once that is in place, then you're gonna spend time you know, with, uh, with the family, and I'm sure with, some, you know, with some, some, some good spending money around that as well.
0: You have studied mechanical engineering, you've started your career as a mechanical engineer, and then you moved over to the neuroscience. How did that process happen?
1: Wow, yeah, that's, that's one of the, the questions that I get often, you know, in terms of that. And, and, and how I answer this question most of the time is that I realise that life is about self-discovery. And in life you are, not, you are not your qualification. There are many people who have studied different things like accounting, engineering, they've studied marketing, they've studied finance and they've studied law, but they are not actually those, those things that they studied. And they get stuck in that, and, and there's nothing as, as, as painful as seeing a miserable accountant, as seeing a miserable engineer, as seeing a miserable lawyer, someone who just started something. I mean, I even have doctors coming to my office you know for coaching, because they studied medicine. I mean like they are GPs and they are that, but someone says, I've, "I seem to have actually hit the, I mean like the, the brick wall now. I don't know what else to do, and I feel like I've lost my touch with that. So that gets to tell you that you are not a qualification because when you look at it, when you start, when you when you choose a career, you are about eighteen, you are about seventeen, we are about nineteen, and what do you know about life then? So everything is just an experiment, and later on, when you discover that you are not connected with that, but you have a mind for it, and then you don't really enjoy it as much, and it becomes a problem, and many people. Just keep on keeping on. Say no, no, no. This is what I know. This is what I've been, you know, like I've been working on and I'm I'm I'm, I'm so experienced in this. But even if he's no longer talking with I mean to you and he's longer is no longer connected with you, that becomes a problem because you rob yourself of that excitement and passion. And so for me, because like I said earlier on, I'm a very curious person. I keep on asking myself questions and I don't want to get stuck in a situation that doesn't excite me. You know, I easily get bored. That's why I'm not a maintainer of things. But I'm a founder. I, I always want to come up with new ideas and develop a system and get someone to run with it. So, and the, I, I had to accept that. I needed to understand that. So, so when it comes to finding myself, therefore, over time, when I talk about you're not a qualification, you're not your qualification. And number two, life is about self-discovery. You need to keep on trying different things, dabbling on different things, until you find something that, wow, I love this. So when I spoke, I mean like as a speaker, you know, I always got hired, I mean like booked to come and speak on motivation, come and speak on leadership and, and, and process improvements and that. But I realized that I needed some more things because why would people who are so motivated today, lose it tomorrow, lose it in a week? I realized that there was something that was actually driving motivation underneath. And that's when then I had to seek and ask myself, how the human brain works and then I bumped into neuroscience because I had dabbled in psychology as well and learning and human evolution and philosophy. Those are subjects that, you know, that excite me. Philosophy, asking big questions, existential questions, like what is love? Why are we alive? What is our purpose? You know, when you ask those questions, then I, I, I became so fascinated. And therefore neuroscience became a very subject that, or topic, that I looked at and I said to myself, wow, this is what I want. Because it's so deep and I love deep things. But I think for me it was about understanding about the brain chemistry. What's happening in the brain? What chemicals are activated when we are angry, when we are sad, you know, when we are excited, when we are happy, when we are when fearful, and when we are surprised? Because those are the things, it's not just that you decide, but you activate certain chem- I mean, chemicals in the brain. So I was fascinated about how that works. As a result, neuroscience became the thing for me. It was about, because neuroscience is about, neuro is about the brain, and you understand about science. So it is the brain science. So it comes from also the nervous system. When you talk about the nervous system, I mean you've got peripheral nervous system, and you've got a central nervous system that talks about the brain and the spinal cord. And for me, I was much more fascinated on the brain because that's the source of all, of, of all our behavior and our actions. So that's how I got into it. And also when you combine that with engineering, engineering is a deep subject as well. So it looks at the source of things. It looks at the innermost workings of things. So the brain to me, it, it was more similar. You know, when you look at the depth of it, the design and the operation and, and everything like that.
0: So you can all take it back to engineering.
1: Absolutely. Because engineering is about the mechanics. It's about... You know, those different parts that are assembled to give you, for an example, a car. A car is made up of different things that are working in sync with each other. So same as the brain. The brain has got different parts that work together in unison and then you think of it as a brain. Whereas the brain, I mean, it's got different parts that are working together seamlessly. So that's what I had to understand, like we've got emotional brain, we've got a thinking brain and we've got the brain that is just responsible to keep us alive, like a survival brain. I mean the brain that started actually at the beginning of time almost about 500 million years ago. That makes us the same as reptiles, you know. So basically yeah, that, that's, that's what fascinated me because I needed to understand the, the brain, the human brain or the brain evolution. How, how did the brain start and where did it start? How did you get to where we are today? Why do we have all these challenges that we have about anxiety, depression and things like that and stress and so those are the things that kept on asking, I mean, like, uh, fascinating me, you know, moving forward.
0: Wow. Well, Billy, from what I can hear, you are just super motivated and super inspired. But do you ever get times when things are not going as planned and you do have your low mo- moments and you feel like running away? Does that ever happen to you?
1: Absolutely. I'm human. It does happen, but though it doesn't happen as much, but because I'm human, there are, some, there are days where you, 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 you get, you know, sort of like you, you find yourself on a low point, and, but I know what to do with myself when it happens like that. You know, hence I'm saying it doesn't happen most of the time, but there are times where reality comes in and at times you find yourself and I say, come on, boy, come on, come on, come on. And then I do what I need to do, you know, around that because I'm quite aware. I mean, my self-awareness level is quite high because now I understand how the brain works for an example. So I get to understand how to deal with myself and how to motivate myself because one thing that really motivates my, me, it's just my purpose, you know, in terms of what message do you want to leave behind me when I'm gone? What's going to be said about me? You know, not just some things, but I mean like people that in the generations, that like when you talk about books, I mean like that they can read. I mean the, the posts and the articles that I'm writing. I mean those posts and, and, and articles, I mean they make a difference and that's what keeps me going. And that when I just, when I have to write something, I, I, I smile. I'm like a small baby in a candy shop. You know, that's, 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 that's what happens. So, but I do get low you know, at times. But I've got a way to laugh it off. I've got a way of dealing with that.
0: Do you find it's certain days of the week, certain months in the year, or is it not predictable?
1: Nah, no, it's not predictable. I think it because, I mean, things can actually take a toll on you. I mean, there may be family thing and then you may try to ignore them. But at some point, something may trigger something and then you realise and say, wow. And that's why I get worried to say, if someone was not as motivated as I am, then it becomes a problem. And especially one thing that I do to avoid such situations is being careful of what I feed my brain. Like I hardly watch the news, because the news are so negative. I mean, if you think of it, I mean, every time you listen or you watch the news, you actually end up being depressed yourself because I mean like when you think of them, they're talking about all the things that are negative, things that are not coming right, everything, I mean like that is not so positive. So for me, I try to avoid what I feed my brain, like what I read and the kind of people that I expose myself to, I mean people that I surround myself with. I mean if you're negative, I try to spend as, li- as, as, I mean, like, as little time as possible with you because I'm protecting myself. So that's one of the skills that I develop to say, it's my responsibility to protect myself against negativity. Because at the end of the day, there are people who are forever negative because they just feed themselves negativity. I mean, they surround themselves with people who are negative. They read negative things. They watch negative things, always watching the news. And all these inquiries and everything that are playing on TV that are so exhausting. So I don't do those things. you know. So that's one way of actually... Avoiding and and sort of like, like, you know, um, protecting myself, you know, from experiencing those things. Because negativity is mostly something that you feed in. Like in a computer world, we talk about giggle. Garbage in, garbage out. So I don't want, I avoid, you know, uh, feeding myself with garbage.
0: Is it possible to completely cut yourself off from what's happening around you? The politics, the, our economical situation, in South Africa.
1: No, it's not. But you've got to be very aware of what you're doing. Like for me, I'm not just completely cut. I mean, cut off from that. I'm still aware of what's going on, but I'm very mindful that I don't get consumed by that. So I do get to understand. Okay, I can just check it out and whatever. And then you know, once I understand, then I can just check something. Then I'm out. Then I do something else that's positive because you still need to understand what's going on around you. But don't get consumed by it. I think that's the point that I'm trying to make here. Don't become enslaved by negativity. So get to understand what's going on around you. Smell some roses. Hello. I mean, that's what happens. But at the end of the day, be very careful that it doesn't drain you because negativity drains you because it makes you feel like or oh, it leads you to, to, to hopelessness. And that's not what you want.
0: Absolutely. Um, And I think that's something that happens to most people. They keep on checking in on the news and what this political leader has said to this one and they just get more depressed.
1: Absolutely. Even social media. Be very careful where you spend your time on. I mean, there's nothing wrong with social media, but the question is, where do you spend most of your time and in what kind of content do you spend most of your time in? Like for me, I spend most of my, I spend my time on social media when I'm, when I'm posting things, when I'm, I'm sharing what I have to share. But I don't sit there and just scrolling and all the time and just checking because I know there's a lot of negativity. And there's something that has been done by different universities, something as well called social media depression. I think one of the universities called Case Western Reserve University conducted a study around that. And then there's a terminology that came out of that. It's called SNC syndrome. S and C syndrome, which is scroll and compare syndrome. Whenever people watch some, you know, some people on social media, Instagram or Facebook, people are always posting their best moments. And then you look at it and say, oh my goodness, so it means I'm not doing well. I mean, look at them, they're flying Dubai, they're flying whatever, they're doing this, they're doing that. And then you feel like your life is is a ball. Your life is not happening. And then it's so easy for you to get depressed by that. Hence, it's called social media depression. And that's where most people are at. Whenever you go on social media, SNC syndrome kicks in. Scroll and compare. Oh, this one has got a nicer body than me. Oh, nicer shoes. How does that affect you mentally? It affects you because we are social creatures. We are are so bound, we are prone to compare ourselves with other people. And because of that, because we are very hierarchical as well as social creatures, and... Always, you want to be at the top, but whenever you find yourself at the bottom, it's like you're not good enough. And just imagine when you're feeding on that stuff the whole day, the whole week. You spend most of your time on that. Even on WhatsApp, you want to be shown, I mean, to be seen as someone who's doing well. So when people are always posting great things, and that's why you find people even posting food oh, look at the situation right now. I'm eating this, look at this. Because people want to be seen to be doing something good or something happening in their lives. But you find others, I mean, they just show faces, beautiful faces, but you ask yourself and say, but what does this have to do with everything else? But it's just because as human beings, we want to be seen that, hey, we're there. So that's what happens. So we need to be careful. We need to protect ourselves around such things. So Because the more time you spend comparing yourself with other people, you'll never win because you are not comparing them, yourself with them holistically. You are comparing yourself with them on their best moments. They just show pictures. They, you don't see the entire you know, uh, time or 24 hours you know, of their lives. You only see an hour or 30 minutes of what they've posted. And then you think, oh, they're doing so well. So you've got to be careful of such things.
0: What is your opinion of the current economical and political situation of South Africa? How do
1: you deal with it? I take it as a period. This is just a period that we are going through. For me, when I look at it, I don't think there is the end of it all, because those are such things as well that we need to be careful of. To start saying it means this is the end, and start. Unfortunately, I have no control over it, but I have control on how I, you know, interpret and how I deal with it. I mean, all these things that people are complaining about—they are affecting me. But I'm looking at. How, what can I do to focus on what I do so that I, I become a better person? Because yes, blood sharing is there, but what can I do about it? Yes, for me, I need to focus on making sure that, okay, I've got a solar system, I've got this, I can, I can somehow have, have, have some backup. But for me, just to focus and complain about it all the time, it's going to make me sick instead. So I need to protect myself. So I need to ensure that, you know what, I'm not always just focusing on that because it's not going to do me any good. So I think for me, whenever I look at things, I need to understand what's going on, but I don't want to be consumed by it. I don't want to be consumed by politics because I see so many wrong things. But I see a lot of people complaining. And unfortunately, the amount you you spend complaining and the amount of energy you spend coming up with a solution is exactly the same energy. So I choose to use my energy coming up with solutions than complaining. So that's, that's my mindset, that's my focus. So I don't want to focus so much on things that I have no control over. Mm. Because, I mean, what am I going to do with them? Because that means my energy is wasted there. So I'd rather put it to good use elsewhere.
0: Wow. But I assume that with your seminars and your talks to and working with all the people in corporate situations, you must be bogged down with all their negativity all day long.
1: Absolutely, and that's, that's actually, I take that as my responsibility. To make people look, I mean, see things from a better perspective. To look at things because whenever you're surrounded by all negativity, watching the news all the time, you're surrounded by people who are always complaining, there's always pity parties around you. Those things will not get you off the hook. So until you are able to control and to manage your environment, choosing what kind of environment you want to spend time in, choosing the kind of people that you want to, to be surrounded you know, by, and choosing what you read, choosing what you watch, that will actually insulate you somehow, you know, from this negativity. When you talk to people, I'm just trying to help them understand that it's not also, you know, gloom and doom. I mean, because even if the economy were to be so good right now, are you competitive as a person? Because I mean, it's not always about the, I mean, like the, the economy, it's about you. How competitive are you as a person? Because I mean, right now there are people who are smiling, still in the same economy that we're in. They are doing well. I mean, I see them most of the time. They're not complaining, they are focusing, they are keeping the main thing, the main thing, as I, you know, as I call it. So I think for me, negativity is always gonna be there, but the question is, where is your focus? Are you focusing on it? Because when you focus on something the longest, it grows. And soon, and soon enough, it consumes you. That's what happens.
0: Billy, what books do you read to get inspired and to stay inspired?
1: You know, I've read a number of books. Like One of my books by, I mean, one of the books by the Robin Shammers. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when you look at The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, it's one of the books that I read many years ago. Uh, and the leader had no title. Uh, and then when you talk about the monk who sold his Ferrari, for an example, that book also affect, I mean, like influenced me in a big way because it talked about a guy who was a lawyer, I mean a top lawyer, was getting all the money, driving the Ferrari, driving, I mean like, you know, he was living large. But he lost his connection with the legal fraternity. He lost his connection with what he had been trained, he was known to be you know, the best at. And then he ended up just doing, you know, like speaking and teaching leaders and being an author. And, and for me, I said, wow, it actually connected with my story. Then I realized that, wow, so you are not your qualification. You are not your experience. And hence, you can keep on reinventing yourself because the brain is wired for that. The brain is designed for us to readapt and for us to reinvent ourselves. Because it's not something that is solid. It's something that is malleable. It's something that is like plastic. The connections can always be, we call them synapses. You know, like the synapses, they can always be, I mean like uh, be, be reconnected with different, you know, like 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 cells, you know, in the brain. So you are not fixed. That if are, this is how you have been doing things, then that's it. You can always change. You can always change because there are new cells as well that keep on growing, I mean in the brain, through the, the process called neurogenesis. Mm-hmm. So when you look at those things, we, we, we can be so much more than we tend to settle for. And I think for me, those are the things. So that book actually influenced me in a big way. And then you talk about like, you know, the other books, there's a book that I read as well, I mean like um, a few times already, the tough times never last, but tough people do. So when you choose a career, when you choose something, it's gonna challenge you, it's gonna ask you questions. So you've gotta be ready for it, that when you choose something, know that tough times never last, but tough people do. And I think over time, I realized that through my life, that I was not just someone who's weak, but I became toughened by my experiences. So whenever things happen to me, I don't take them personal. I don't go through them. I grow through them. So that's a kind of a mindset that I need to adapt. I don't just go through things, just rushing to the end, you know, or to finish them. But I grow through them, because at the end, I ask myself questions and say, wow, what does this mean? You know? And, And it's nice to be challenged, because if you cannot be challenged you cannot grow. That's why, I mean, one of the guys was talking about that, to say, if you cannot risk, you cannot grow. And if you cannot grow, you cannot be your personal best. And if you cannot be your personal best, then you cannot be happy. And if you cannot be happy, then what else is there? It's all about being happy at the end of the day. Whatever we do, it's about it. be- being happy. So choose something so well, that when you choose it and you do it, it brings a smile on your face because that becomes a painkiller it's i mean in itself mm-hmm. when you choose something that you are passionate about that passion becomes a painkiller because whatever it is that you do it becomes difficult and it takes long and those two things most people give up because something is difficult and it takes too long but when you are passionate about it the difficulty of it is something that you enjoy And how long it takes, because when you do something you love, time seems just to freeze. You don't even notice that you've spent so much time doing this thing because you're passionate about it. So that's where passion comes in. It numbs the pain, as I always call it. It doesn't mean that everything I do is easy. No, it takes long and it's difficult. But because I have passion, I become unstoppable.
0: I think the problem, I agree with you wholeheartedly, but sometimes the time that is required to make something work is so long that you forget about that passion and you do get tired. And I don't know, I assume it doesn't happen to you, but to other people it does happen. What's your advice of getting yourself through those times where the passion just goes off slightly and the focus gets lost?
1: I I think one thing that comes into that. We we are all not the same. Hence when it comes to when when it comes to choosing your career path, there are certain things, you know, that have to come into the into the fore. Like, you know, that are called like about three or four of them. Number one is your risk appetite. What's your risk appetite? Are you risk neutral? Are you risk-averse or are you risk-seeking? Where are you in terms of risk? Because if you want to get, for example, into entrepreneurship or you're choosing something, your risk, you cannot be risk-averse. You must be risk-seeking. So risk must be something that you are not scared of, I mean, mean, of, of taking. And that is not something that school can teach you. It's something that is in you. That's where it comes back as well to your genetic disposition. What's your risk factor? What's your risk appetite? So my risk appetite may not be the same as the risk appetite of other people. So it's not, that's why at times people will make it so easy, oh just work for yourself, oh just do this, but we are not cut out the same. So as a person you've got to understand yourself in terms of this risk profile. What's your risk profile? Number two, it's your stress tolerance. How much stress can you take? I'm a big boy, I can take stress. You know, if I'm not like, p- p- getting a bit stressed, I get worried because it means I'm not challenged. There must be a little bit of stress, but it mustn't be overwhelming stress. It must be stress that's within range. I mean, we talk about 4% threshold of stress. It means it's the one that just takes you out of your comfort zone. It's, it doesn't overwhelm you. You do it because without stress, we'll never perform at our best. That's why when it comes to exams, you get stressed out. Even if you're gonna get, when you're gonna get married, you get stressed out. Even when you're gonna go in for a graduation, you know, evening, there's a little bit of stress there, but it means you are now getting into a different zone. So we need to understand that stress is not all that bad. There's good stress and there's bad stress. Normally when people talk about stress, they talk about bad stress, but there's good stress too. So stress tolerance is very important. When things, when the bank is just empty, And the creators are calling, and everyone, it's not easy. But that's where now it comes out in terms of who you are. So we keep on keeping on. And the other one is like, you know, your natural strengths. What are your natural strengths? Because sometimes we choose things because we want to make quick money. And then we cannot last in that in, the, in that career that's where most people actually get stuck because they will ask and say oh but i want something that business that makes a whole lot of money it's not about money so for me money will come but i must enjoy the journey mm. so you enjoy the journey by doing something that you're really passionate about i mean like there have been many times where i was broke i mean not having money but i didn't even see that you only remember when the creators are calling and say hey buddy you remember you didn't you know, pay us at the end of the month? But that didn't put me off. And I think because I'm so focused on that, I don't focus on the fact that I don't have money. I focus on the fact that I'm building an empire. I think for me, it's about that. I'm building a legacy. I'm doing me. I enjoy what I do. It makes me tend to forget about so many other things on the side. And then the fourth thing as well that you need to understand is your personality. Are you a people's person? Or are you just someone who just sits there in the corner and do what you have to do? Because when you have to work on business, you've got to talk with people. You've got to do things, you've got to socialise. But if you're not that kind of a person, then it's going to be hard for you. So all these factors, and then no two people are exactly the same. Unfortunately, what tends to happen, Kristen, is that you look at people who are already successful, people who are doing well. And, they, and say please tell us how did you make it and people will come and say no you must persevere you must do this but they are telling you based on their perspective and their personalities and their profiles and our profiles are different what works for me may not work for you so I think for me the most important thing that I, I advise people to do and which is what our schooling system is supposed to help us do is find, it's finding ourselves who are you what is it that naturally comes to you? But we are just packed in the, inside the classrooms. We are taught accounting, we taught maths, and then that's it. Go! I mean, at the end of the day, people just do things just to make money.
0: That's a reality. So the,
1: that's what happens. And that's a reality. So our schooling system, I think there's, yeah, there's a big problem with it. Mm. Hence, you find people who are graduates, but they are not ready to work. Mm.
0: One of Founders Business Society's visions is to create a business environment free from envy, greed, and politics. Do you think it is possible?
1: Yeah, we're living in a, re- in, a, in a real world. You know, when you talk about greed, you're talking about envy. Those are things that you've got to be very much aware of because there's a thin line. You know, once we have money, hence I was talking about fame comes with a lot of responsibilities. Same as wealth as well. You know, it's one thing to own money, but it's another to have money owning you. And I think people who have a lot of money, they tend to cross that line where money ends up owning them. And these are people who end up just always wanting more. And when you ask yourself, when you ask a person the question, how much money will you be comfortable with. People don't tell you. They just say, I want enough money to be comf- uh, comfortable. But the question is, how much money is that? People go, if you cannot be able to say that if I were to have this so much money, like if you ask a person, if you were to get 10 million rands now, what would you do? Or oh, a million rands for that matter, a million rands now, what would you do? They'll say, oh, they start rolling up their eyes, no, how to think about it and whatever. So it means you don't know. And when you get that money, that's where many people, they just blow it. Because they don't know what to do with money. That's why now when you talk about things like visualization and those things, they help because they help you create a situation in your mind so that when it happens, it becomes like deja vu. It's like, wow, I've, I've seen this thing before. Now you are calm, you know what to do. That's why planning is so important so that when something happens, then you know what to do. So coming back to the issue of envy and greed and, 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 and that, it's one thing to make a statement, but it's another to leave that statement. And also we are different. And when people go move up, you find that things change. People may say right now, if I were to have a million rands now, I'll do A, B, C, and D. But if the, the minute they have it, then they do something else. So that tells you that until you are disciplined, that's one of the most difficult things, to be disciplined. I mean many people who do wrong things they know they're doing wrong things but they do them anyway. So yes it's possible but it's hard.
0: What is next for Velindaba?
1: I think for me what's next for Velindaba it's all about transforming minds from mental darkness to mental light to help people realize that they are much more than what's possible for them. There's a bit of motivation in that. But at the same time, to help people understand themselves better, understand what drives their behavior, understand how the brain works, so that they are able to understand themselves better, and they are able to understand those other people as well, so that they can be able to develop better relationships, and then they are able as well to to, to create a better world. Because right now there's a lot of just shooting in the dark, because we are relying on what we are taught before, which most of it is not something that is realistic, which is not something that is serving us. I mean, there are a lot of myths around that we have that we need to pass by understanding how the brain works. Because once you understand why you behave and why you think that way, you know, and understanding that life is not meant to be easy. I think that perception that life is meant to be easy, it's a problem because it means when it gets difficult, as it does, that that, that sort of like expectation is not met. And then the brain feels like, oh, then it means I failed. So we need to accept and understand that life is not meant to be easy. We need to be stronger. And that's something that is very, very important that we need to understand and run with it. And mine is about, is about helping people understand that to say, our, brain, our brains are so powerful. They can achieve so much. And most of us just settle for mediocrity and yet there's so much that we can achieve. We envy other people but we have the same raw material that they have but the mindset is not right. So mine is to increase the kind of mindset to help people move from this place of having a fixed mindset to that of a growth mindset and take ownership as well and understand that the world is full of possibilities. And, and, and one thing maybe to add to that to say is to make them understand that Potential is an emergent, I mean, that like property. So when I say potential is an emergent property, it means that it's never exhaustive. There's no one who's ever reached this potential. As long as you're alive, I mean, scientists and everybody else have agreed and argued on so many topics. But this of human potential, they all agree. There's no one who has ever found any depth to human potential because there isn't. When you achieve one level, then it exposes you to the next. You achieve that. When you push a bit, then you achieve. So it's imagined. I mean, it's not something that you you get at. So no one, therefore, can say, no, I don't have potential. We all have potential. And it's boundless. And I think, for me, it's about bringing that fact to people to understand that it's not just about talent. It's not about, you know, your family background. But it's about you understanding that you can always rewire your brain through a process called neuroplasticity and be a different person than you are now. But it all takes time, it takes energy, it takes confidence and it takes a lot of persistence and patience as well.
0: Would that be in your
1: next book? Yes, my uh, my next book is called The Neuroscience of Things. Transforming minds from a place of mental darkness to mental light. So when I talk about mental darkness in this regard I'm talking about a place where we don't know about ourselves, where we are, where we have less confidence, where we have less self-esteem, where we doubt ourselves, where we don't think better of ourselves, and that is mental darkness. But when you talk about mental light, we talk about now understanding that we have so much power to transform ourselves, that we have so much power to be much bigger and better than what we have settled for. Because it's not something that, you know, it's something that, that, that just happens to you. It's something that you choose. Success is something that you choose. It doesn't happen to you by mistake. No one that I've ever seen in this world who was forced to be successful. But success is something that you choose by just putting yourself out there and showing up and showing out and that's what happens and then you become successful. So my next book is about that, it talks about three acts, it talks about understanding the brain, I talk about the brain mechanics. What is this brain, how did it evolve? Just give you some history of the, of the brain and different parts of the brain. And then the second act, it talks about the application of that, especially in a corporate world as leaders, how can we help our team members, how can we lead better? how can you understand ourselves and bring out the best in other people and number three is about taking care of the brain because you cannot expect peak performance by using the brain that is so exhausted then that is depleted that doesn't have energy it means you need to take care of the brain and then when you take care of the brain then it's going to take care of us
0: Philly thank you so much for your time today we really appreciate it we know you are extremely tied up and every moment that you've spent here with us we know you could have been with your clients and helped them. So thank you so much for your time, for the effort, for your message and we would love to hear more about this later. We were definitely going to share some of your information in our YouTube information links which is all down below so all the books, where they can get it, your podcasts, we would love to share so that people can get more information on Veli and Daba. Thank you.
1: Well, it's a pleasure. I mean, I love this. I mean, I think for me, it's about a question of helping people understand that it's not as easy as other people may portray it on our social media tends to show this thing as if, like, you know, fly private jet, you know, do this, you know, have this mansion, as if it's just like, but they don't show people behind the scenes, the amount of work, the sleepless nights, frustrations, and, 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 and all those things that are going, I mean, people are going through, but they show all these things. No, guys, you can do it, and then, and, and, and that's a problem that we have. So the young ones as well are falling into that trap that they don't want to work hard. Because they think, oh no, come on. I mean, this thing, why work hard when you can work easy? Or work smart? Mm. But you can't work smart if you don't know how, um, how to work hard. You know, I, that's where I find there's a problem. But thank you very much as well for, you know, just for, uh, for choosing me to be your guest. And uh, it's been such a pleasure and we can carry on and on.